Welcome to Innovation Insight, the podcast where we explore innovation in all aspects of life. I am your host, Dr. Yolanda Sanders. Today we are joined by an innovator in the retail business industry, Mark D. Leslie. Mark has held multiple leadership roles in four Fortune 500 companies throughout his career in the fashion industry. He is a highly experienced leader specializing in orchestrating billion-dollar businesses, focusing on merchandising, planning, strategy development, and financial analysis. He has effectively developed strategic initiatives to drive omni-channel and market share growth and profitability at companies such as Mercantile Stores, Sticks Incorporated, Macy's, and Cole. As an experienced executive, he is passionate about fulfilling his philosophy of giving back through teaching, guest lecturing, speaking at the university level, mentoring tomorrow's leaders, and serving as a board member. I personally met Mark in 2013 in New York City at the Fashion Scholarship Fund. I joke with Mark quite often that you have to be careful who you say hello to because since that time, he has been involved in different organizations and departments that I have worked in. And he's been such a support and leader among our students at my university that I work. It's just been a wonderful friendship over the past 11 years. And he is truly a gift to both fashion industry and also our students that are entering the industry. Mark, welcome and thank you for being here. It's just a joy to be here. Thank you, Yolanda. <clears throat> Those are some very kind words, so thank you. But we certainly have spent some good quality time together over the years. So I thank you for that partnership. Thank you. you. So as we start off, would you give our listeners and viewers a brief overview of your journey in the retail industry and how you got started? Sure, I'd be happy to. For, first, let me start by just saying thank you, Yolanda, for having me on this evening as part of your Innovation Insights podcast series. I'm excited to share with your listeners this evening how to build your personal brand and, and the importance of appointing your own board of directors. I, my hopes this evening is just to create some thought-provoking ideas around a topic that that many of us probably do not spend enough time on, and, and that is your personal brand. But first, you'd asked about my career in the retail industry. I, I graduated from Iowa State University in the College of Business. I received my master's in marketing from the University of Missouri in, in Kansas City. And when I was a senior at Iowa State many years ago, I, I was in a decision-making process of going to work for a, for a technology company in Texas when a retailer from Kansas City interviewed on campus. At that time, my, my academic advisor recommended that I in, interviewed with him, so I did. I flew to Kansas City, went through a few more rounds of interviews. I had the opportunity to meet the president of the Jones Store Company, who at the time was Terry Jarvis, and, and was offered a job in their management training program. And I had never worked in the fashion industry. I'd, I'd never worked in a store or for a retailer, for that matter. And I certainly didn't study fashion when I was at Iowa State. In fact, I combined peas for Del Monte Corporation back in DeKalb, Illinois, the, the, the four summers I was in college at, at Iowa State. Quite the opposite, or probably the furthest you could get away, furthest you could get for, from the fashion industry. But, Jan, what intrigued me about the industry was that at a very young age, I was going to have the opportunity to uh, be responsible for, manage, and, and run a large business utilizing, honestly, all of the principles that I'd studied in the College of Business at Iowa State. So marketing, management, man managing people, accounting, finance, economics, supply chain, which at the time I think was transportation or logistics back in the day, all at the same time while being, being creative, a risk taker, and, and thinking like an entrepreneur. So that, that, that really excited me. And it's really that began a 35-year career in the retail industry with, as you mentioned, four Fortune 500 companies and corporate leadership roles uh, with several names that, 
as you mentioned, I'm sure many of your listeners are familiar with. So I have spent most of my career in the men's and the children's business and in merchandising and planning roles. And today I'm, I'm fortunate to be able to fulfill my philosophy for my passion of giving, giving back through teaching and guest lecturing, speaking, and as you mentioned, mentoring tomorrow's leaders at the university level and, and serving as a board member. So it's a little bit about my background and how I got in the industry and what I've done for the last 35 years. Well, that's wonderful, Mark. As you reflect, what were some early experiences that shaped your understanding of the fashion retail world? Yolanda, I had a lot of, I had a lot of wonderful mentors and, and work for and with what I think are some of the brightest minds in the fashion industry, which really shaped my understanding of the business. I, I had a business foundation, right? I came out of Iowa State, out of the College of Business. But as I said, I didn't study fashion. So I really learned early on in my career by doing, observing, and listening. I'm, I'm, I like to consider myself as a learner. I love to learn and, and, hear, and see and hear new perspectives and everything. I was always asking questions. In fact, my favorite question is why? And it's not because I'm, it's not because I'm challenging what someone is saying, but rather so that I can learn and understand the reason why a decision is what it is. And it always helped me formulate in my mind a proper course of action, decision, or strategy. So I was one who asked a lot of questions early in my career. And in addition to that, I always tried to be a sponge and I tried to observe everything. There's so many points of inspiration in the fashion industry, opportunities are all around us. And I asked questions. I was always curious. I had a point of view. And as I said, points of inspiration can come from anywhere, can come from anywhere which is one of the reasons I enjoyed business for so many years that I did because fashion is a trend business and it's really a reflection of technology, pop culture, and, and fashions. Yeah, that, that was really, it's basically that sounds my learning steps early in my career. I love your thoughts about asking why so that you can learn more. So important. Yeah. And it's a question I honestly asked throughout my entire career, right? It wasn't just when I got started for, it was a question that, that I would ask as I was continued to advance or from a development standpoint. Yeah. I think it's an important question. So as we think about personal branding, as you mentioned when we started, today's world is competitive. How vital is it for someone, especially in the fashion industry, develop a personal brand? Yeah, that's a great question, Yolanda. I would, Yolanda, I would tell you that it is critical whether you are in the fashion industry or not. I think Obviously, in the fashion industry, you deal with a lot of brands, so you naturally tend to think, you think brands, think in the fashion industry. But I think it's just as important to build your personal brand, whether you are a buyer um, for a store, whether you're a designer, but even if you're an educator or an engineer or an accountant or, or a college student, right? And as you mentioned, in today's highly competitive world, I think, um, it's a critical component to your success and is a necessity. And the truth is that most people start building their brands long before they realize that they're doing it. Just the act of creating a LinkedIn profile is the beginning of creating a brand. If you have a Facebook page, that is part of your brand. If you're on TikTok or any one of these other social media platforms. So many people already started, they just don't realize that they have be begun creating their brand. And I, I like a quote from Tom Peters, who was a management and leadership visionary. And, and I think, I actually think this came from the late nineties. And he says, we are CEOs of our own companies, me incorporated. To be in business today, your most important job is to be the head marketer for the brand called you. And so that came from Tom Peters. Like I said, I think it was in the late 90s. So this is the concept of personal branding is certainly not a new concept, right? It's one that's been around for some time. Everyone, regardless of where they are in their careers, owes it to themselves to, to self-brand. It's the way you want people around you to perceive you. It's simply the way you present yourself in the world and the impact that you have and 
after you leave or what your legacy may be, so to speak. And I think it's exactly what it's exactly what Tom Brady or Michael Jordan or Oprah Winfrey, Jennifer Lopez, you can think of them, Kim Kardashian, and certainly Taylor Swift. They've all done it, right? They have it. They have really powerful brands. But for those of us that are non-superstar athletes or talk show hosts or musicians or actors, it's more difficult than ever to stand out in today's marketplace. You mentioned that earlier. And but at the same time, I think it's easier than ever to create your brand, whether it's through blogs or you can be an influencer, uh, TikTok, LinkedIn, Facebook, doing podcasts like we're doing this evening. But I think along with it, it becomes even, it becomes harder to even manage your brands. Yeah. So I, as I said, I think personal brands are, are super important and allows you to differentiate yourself and particularly in this competitive market. And because if you're not doing it, I can show you others are doing it for you and your brand. So you might as well take control of it versus letting somebody else. That makes so much sense. So take control of it yourself. As you, you mentioned link as a key aspect of a personal brand. What are some other key components that define a solid personal brand? Yeah, I think when you just think about brand and you just start by thinking just the basics of the brands if you think of any brand that's out there it's really it becomes what the perceptions in the mind of the consumer has right so it, it reflects the experiences that you've had with the brand it reflects the reputation that it has a brand has like the starbucks coca-cola apple nike they all have it right they are powerful brands but those are consumer brands they're not people which is what we're talking about this evening and as as unique as each one of those brands are i always say that we you we need to have you our, ourselves we have our own unique brands as well just as those brands are key differentiators for themselves so should your own personal brands no different than how a company's vision starts with the brand you should have a vision for your own personal brand as well and i think Many people don't consider themselves a brand, right? Because they think of, in our industry, Ralph and Calvin Klein and Tommy Hilfiger and Vera Wang. However, you've, you you and myself and your listeners have all created a brand, whether we like it or not. We were talking about this a couple of weeks ago. If you don't believe me, just Google your name and see what it says about you, right? If you have a Facebook page or a LinkedIn profile, it probably shows up on the very first page when you Google your name. Maybe even mentioned in a recent news article or a magazine or a publication. All these things are part of your personal brands. With the rise of the internet and the social media, we've all become public figures who can be looked up in a matter of touch of a button thank, thanks to Google. But you have to keep that in mind because po potential employers and, gosh, admission committees, your peers, they can easily find personal information online. So that's why managing your personal brand has become more important than, than ever. And, it's scary, right? It's scary to think that data and that information's out there, but it's out there and you can't do anything about it. But what you can do is control your personal brand starting today moving forward. I ask yourself, do you like what's out there? And what is, what's the internet, what's social media saying about you? And it's probably a good time if you haven't to maybe go through a social media audit to, to ensure that you're upholding your brand on online. But at any rate, so I think, I think there's just a couple Things you have to ask yourselves as you're thinking through your brand in regarding brand is that what do you want to be known for? What differentiates you from everyone else who may have a similar background or set of experiences? What have you done to stand out? And as I mentioned earlier, what is your legacy? How do you want to, how do you want to be remembered? Those are questions you should be asking yourself every day. But as far as the key components, which I think was your way of question, there's a couple of things I would just tell you. There's a couple of things that I would say defines a solid personal brand. First, just knowing yourself, right? I think that's where it all starts. The key to any successful personal branding is authenticity, right? Consider who you are, what you like, and what do you want to be known for, right? And then second, just being consistent with your message and how you portray yourself, whether you're out speaking with individuals, whether it's on your social media. We all appreciate consistency if you're on Twitter, or I guess it's X now, right? If you're on X or you blog or whatever it may be, you just want to make sure you're consistent. 
And then once you determine what your personal brand looks like, I think you have to start getting your name out there. Use the tools that are disposed that you have at your disposal to communicate your knowledge, whether it's doing a, starting a blog, whether something on social media, write articles, just to position yourself at, at, as an authority. And then lastly, which is just engaging with your network, which cultivating genuine relationships with supporters in the industry you're working in or the sector you're into is, is super, super important because you, in order to build a brand, you have to have an audience, right? And many times your audience is your network that you connect with. So those are a few components that I would consider are certainly important as, as you define your personal brand. And so how have you defined or worked on building your own personal brand over the years? I think building a brand takes time, right? Building a brand can change too, right? I certainly my brand is different today than it might have been when I was in the corporate world or what have you. But as I mentioned, I think I think the most important thing when developing a personal brand is just to be yourself, right? I think you need to get to know yourself. Like I said, keep in mind, you can always adjust your brand and make changes in your life and your career goals. I certainly have. For instance, when I was working in, in the industry, I wanted to be someone that reflected someone who was results-driven and strategic and built collaborative teams, was credible, trustworthy, with a passion for coaching, mentoring, and developing others. And to do that really required me building relationships, networking, building partnerships internally within the organization that I was working for, as well as externally, right? You know, being available, listening, challenging in an appropriate way. Those were all, being authentic, th those were all, I always tried to make the hallmark of my personal brand. And all of my experiences were contributors to, to, to building that personal brand. Again, I just go back to each one of your listeners just needs to know themselves before others get to know them, so to speak. And now to get back to one of my original comments, that was you need to many times adjust your brand to match changes in your life and career, right? So today, after 35 years in the retail industry, I'm in a new chapter of my life. And that is as an experienced executive, where my passion lies is being able to give back. And as I had mentioned earlier, so slightly different today than maybe it was when I was with Macy's or Coles. But you'd ask some of the things that, that I tried to focus on. I think I always tried to have a voice, right? Not to just hear myself talk because no one wants to hear someone just talk, but I, I think that I think your voice allows you to express yourself, which is certainly an important part of the equation. I mentioned networking really needs to become a way of life. There's an important reason for networking, and that's because you want an audience to receive and interpret your personal brand. And I think that keeping your word, no matter what, regardless of what your goal is for building a personal brand, just realizing that what makes personal brands so unique is, is that's based upon you as a, a person, keeping a word no matter what, being authentic. I think those are a handful of things that, that I utilize as I built my personal brand, having a passion for what you do, not sharing a point of view when appropriate and taking on the leadership roles and being vocal on team projects, all goes towards, towards building a brand. And then lastly, I would just say, and, and I think and the reason, I guess, I just think credibility is so important when you build your personal brand. Every individual listening today, listening to see me has to make a determination what their personal brand is. But I think credibility is, is, is so important because in the, whatever you do in the business world or whatever sector you go into or what have you, credibility is everything, right? It tells people whether they can count on you, what they can expect from you, whether they can trust you or not. Like I said, whether you're in higher education, whether you're an accountant, whether you're whatever you may do. I think credibility is so important. So those are just a few things that, that I did over the course of my years that I thought were important. Building. You mentioned networking, which is key and brought us here today because that's how we met. And you talked with me in the past about the concept of building a personal board of directors. And can you explain that and what do you mean by appointing? board of directors too. Sure, sure. I've always subscribed to the thought press process of using my network to form what I call my personal board of directors. And um, it's really your network, right? It, it's, a, it's a small group of people, maybe six to 10 individuals that you can trust to give you honest 
feedback and input. And I'm a strong believer in creating a personal board of directors to help you navigate through life, career, provide feedback, and help build your personal brand. You really do need a, a board of directors to approve. It's a group of people that you can consult regularly to get advice and feedback. There's, there's no need to have, hold meetings. You don't have to have quarterly meetings or what have you. You can if you want. Might be fun. Or even inform each member that, that, that of her status as a board member. You just have that relationship with them that they know that you're willing to share important pieces of your career, sometimes very confidential, what have you, you can trust them. But you really need to make sure that you stop the right people and stay in touch with these individuals. They may change. No different than how your brand shifts. You may shift based upon where you're at, at in, in your career, what have you. But I've always found it to be, be very beneficial. Yeah. So how do you select these people? And what criteria should you use? Uh, that's a great question, Yolanda. I think just like any good board, that you might sit on, you might do, you, you need to choose these individuals. I think each one should have different contributions to make to your, the way you think. You might include a colleague you admire. You may include a former boss or both. But your, the members of your board, board of directors should know more than you about something, right? They might have specific expertise that you don't have, right? They might have a level of knowledge in, in some white space that you don't have, so space, so to speak. And so, like I said, and they should be able to offer different points of view. So putting your golf buddies or your family members on your board probably is not going to help grow and develop. Having your board meetings on the golf course is probably going to be a little difficult to really have some challenging questions or, or, or what have you. Putting your team should be easy. I call a former colleague of mine, a longtime friend of mine who always knows the latest theories and does a lot of reading and, and a lot of research on leadership. In fact, I've run several ideas past him as it relates to personal branding and, and having your own personal board of directors. I have members that I can go to for career advice. I, I may work with some of these folks. I may not, but I've learned something I can learn from each one of them. And I think highly of their, their advice. But like I said, it's six to 10 people who are going to be interested in your well-being and that can quite honestly provide that kind of information to you. And help navigate, help navigate you through life. I think, and there are a couple of things you had mentioned how you go about it. So I would tell you, there's a couple of things that I think you need to consider when you're assembling your, your personal board of directors. I think you want to create a, a diverse board, right? In general, we, we always, we always tend to surround yourself with people that think like you and who value the same things you do. And that's great, but you want to keep your board diverse, right? So that by having have some people that are older than you, some that are younger than you, different places in their careers, what have you. But I just think having different backgrounds is going to help provide you with unique perspectives. You may not have otherwise. I think you need to invest in your board. And I'm not saying you have to go out to dinner with them once every month, what have you, but just make it a priority to meet with your board members regularly with the decisions you need to make. Make a financial investment. Take one to lunch. Take two of them to lunch. It's, it's, it, I think that's important. And if you want to return a favor however you can, they're providing you good, good uh, information. And then always be looking for new members. Once you decide to, to cultivate the best possible board that you can for yourself, always be on the lookout for new board members because your life's going to change. Your priorities are going to change. Your career's going to change. Your roles, your responsibilities, all that's going to change. I, I look at them like mentor capitalists, right? They're there to... To, to mentor you, they're, they're there to be there with you. And maybe sit down with them quarterly to, to, to evaluate. Maybe you sit in quarterly and evaluate who's on your board of directors. But it's going to evolve over time, like I said. But yeah, that's the thought process of your personal board of directors and, and the importance of them. You mentioned mentoring uh, as a part of the role of the board of directors. And you have excellent reputation as a mentor. And so how has mentorship played a role in your career? Well, that's very nice of you to say, Yolanda, and thank you for those kind words. I, I really enjoy mentoring and because I've had some really great mentors over my career. I heard, I heard Damon John say on LinkedIn a few days ago that mentorship changes lives. It's that simple. You're really going to learn two ways, either through your mistakes or mentorship. So become a mentor. And I think, 
And that's just, to me, powerful. Like Those are powerful words. So simple in a matter of two sentences. And there's a lot of truth to that. And I, I look at professional mentorship like playing cash. It's back and forth relationship, right? It's about being available, communicating, being able, to listen, being able to listen. And what I selfishly, quite honestly, enjoy about mentoring professionals as well as students is I learn so much from my mentees as, as hopefully they do from me. And that's very motivating for me. And as I mentioned, I'm considering myself a learner. So I love hearing their perspectives because Although as a mentor, you're providing some wonderful life lessons and, and value, valuable lessons. I too, as a mentor, always learn a lot. And again, it's all part of networking as well. But I've had many wonderful mentors over the years that, I, that have influenced me in positive ways and impacted my career. And I'm a product of so many people and experiences and people that have inspired me and people that have challenged me. Certain mentors are willing to take a bet on me and provide meaningful opportunities for growth. So that's really what I hope to do. It's really about it's really about encouraging development and career growth. It's quite simple. And what I always hope to do is to create an informal relationship with my mentee to be able to come together and share my experiences and offer any generous words of encouragement and sound advice that I can. That's wonderful. And yeah, a great segue into this next question about what do you what advice would you give young professionals? that are seeking mentors or mentorship? Yeah, a really good question, Yolanda. I think, first of all, if your organization or business does not offer a form of mentorship program, then a lot of companies do, right? A lot of companies, but they're all different. They're varying degrees to, to the extent of what they are. But I would tell you that it's really your responsibility to own this development opportunity. And, and, and it will be what you make it as a mentee. Um, mentors aren't usually going to come to you and say, hey, uh, Yolanda, who's I mean, be your mentor. Um, uh, mentors are busy. Their time is valuable, right? And, and, but so my point is, is I mean, you need to own that. And if there was one piece of advice I could give young professionals or any professionals for that matter, regardless of whether in their careers, it'd be to ask someone to mentor them. Like I said, they're not going to go out of the way and drag someone along if they don't show initiative as a mentor, it, it, it requires a strong commitment between both parties and it takes a lot of effort. But the end results are more than worth it. I, I can personally attest to the fact that the lessons, the connections, the opportunities that mentors provide are, are invaluable, but it's really up to you however to take to ask and take advantage of what mentors can offer. I would actively seek out formal mentorship from members of your team. You usually want it to be someone that's maybe has more is at a, perhaps a, a higher level than where you're at so that you're going to learn from them because you want their experiences. During your development, touch bases with your supervisor. Put as part of your action plan that you want to mentor. Talk about it with your supervisor during your touch bases. And your supervisor should be able to arrange for you an individual that would be a great fit for your mentee or mentor partnership. But again, remember, it's a two-way street, right? It, it goes both ways. And I think sometimes... Uh, professionals fail to realize that mentorship does go both directions. Again, it's just take it upon yourself. It'll add tremendous value for you. I do think that there's a couple steps I would recommend if you're thinking about go going into a mentee-mentorship relationship, because it's not always, it's not for everyone, right? It, 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 it's not for everyone, and, and I get that. Um, but I think you got to start by really identifying your personal and professional goals what is it you want to do professionally? Where do you want to be in three to five years? And so you, you clearly understand that. Then you need to create a list of your personal and professional network. We talked about networking, right? And th this means dedicating time to, 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 to put down a piece of paper. What are the characteristics you're looking for a mentor? Who would that be? What's the role that they're in? Who are those that have the potential to be your mentor? And, and it could be a professor, right? If you're a college student, someone maybe who's managed you in an internship, they don't have to be from the same company. In fact, probably your best mentorships are individuals that you don't work with on a daily basis, right? It could be a coach or someone you've built a relationship in, in, in your first job. And then lastly, then just make a commitment to yourself to reach out to that one person in your network and that you want to be your mentor. Schedule quality time with him or her, discuss more specifically which parts of your life that they can add value to, what it is that you hope to get out of mentorship, be super transparent, follow up 
schedule times, have cups of coffee, go out for a drink, whatever it takes. And I always say, don't be discouraged if someone says, Yolanda, I just don't have time right now. As a mentor, I want to I give you the time I've got, but right now is not a good time. You want to ask them, do you have the time to devote toward this mentorship? Are you interested in willing to make the commitment? Because it is, it does, it, it takes time, but it's well worth the time spent. So those are just a few thoughts as far as if you're a young professional just can start, or even quite honestly, someone who's been doing what they've been doing for several years is looking for a mentorship. So and from your experience as a mentor, could you share a transformational experience from your mentoring journey where you felt you made a significant impact on mentee's life or career? Yeah, I think rather than sharing a personal confidential example, what I would tell you is that I get no greater satisfaction, joy, or pride in seeing someone I have mentored get that internship, get that scholarship, get that first job out of college. It could be additional responsibility in their role or that promotion that he or she worked so hard to get. It could be as simple as a mentee receiving great feedback in a presentation that he or she may have made to, to senior manager within their organization. Particularly if it's something that that I, as a mentor, spent good quality time with the mentee or we discussed or we put a development plan behind. I think that that's where, as a mentor, I always reflected back and said, this, is, this really worked out well for not only the mentee, but for myself. Because as I said, I, I always learn so much from these mentee-mentor relationships as well. But I would say if I look back, that's always when I've had the most amount of joy is when I've been able to experience them. So can you share some strategies or practices that have helped you build and maintain lasting professional relationships? Yeah, I think I would say that when it comes to building and maintaining lasting professional relationships, get involved at your workplace and outside in your community. You're going to have opportunities to take on additional role, additional maybe projects or what have you. If it's right for a good fit for you and it fits your skill set, certainly get involved in those within your organization or company. Attending industry functions, Yolanda, that's how you and I met, what, 10 years ago, right? Was it an industry function? And worked very closely together for many years, which wouldn't have happened had we not both attended the Fashion Scholarship Fund Gala out in New York. But little things, and this sounds crazy, but introduce yourself at the airport to someone. The worst thing you could do is have a layover for two hours. I experienced this at that in Milwaukee last spring during a snowstorm. And I think I spent a lot of valuable, I should say invaluable time at the airport. But I met several people. What a captive audience that you can just get to know or what have you. Be curious. Building relationships takes time, energy, and it's a lot of work. It's not easy. But I do think strong professional relationships certainly impact career growth and your success. They can help you certainly gain valuable knowledge and build a strong network of colleagues and, and mentors. So I, I think there's a few strategies or tips that, that I'd probably recommend. First, just be all genuine and authentic. And we've mentioned that a little bit earlier, but people like to work with and communicate with and maintain a relationship if they feel that you're truly genuine and authentic with them, right? Don't try to be someone you're not. Don't try to impress others by pretending you know something that you certainly don't. I think just showing interest in others is important, right? It's not, when you think about building, we're talking about building your personal brand this evening. We're talking about building your, your board of directors, uh, but building your professional, it's not all, it's, it's not all about you, right? It, it, you know, try to show interest in the other person's work, their goals, their experiences. Right? That's how dialogue, that's how communication takes place. Offer value in your relationships. To, you need to be able to offer values in your professional relationships. And, and this can be in the form of knowledge, resources, connections. I think back during my career, how many times, because I happened to have someone that was in my network, that they were able to connect me with someone else or provide resources that I didn't have available to me. Right? Communication, obviously being clear and concise in your messaging and being responsive to emails and calls. It's just about, it's so important to be respectful and considerate. Even, even if you don't always agree with another person's perspective, just there's nothing wrong with 
respectful, healthy debate, right? Showing appreciation, just a simple way to maintain professional relationship is to show appreciation for others' contributions. This could be as simple as a, as a thank you note, acknowledgement of the public acknowledgement of the work. Social media, it's all about likes. It feels like, you know, how many likes you can get, right? But that's a really simple way to, to acknowledge as well. And, and I always say, I, I feel like this is a lost art over the years, but I always send a thank you. I always tell my mentees the same thing, right? Anytime that somebody has given up their important, valuable time with you, whether it's a Zoom call or going out to coffee or just spending time with you, send a thank you because that helps in building the most professional relationship. And keep in touch, right? It's hard to do, right? It's hard. We're all very busy. We've got a lot going on in our professional and our personal lives. But just maintaining those relationships requires effort. And, it, it, and just try to stay in touch with your network and keep them updated on your work as well as your accomplishments. I think that those are just, you know, professional relationships and building a network are so crucial. So it's a crucial aspect of, of your success. They're going to provide a lot of opportunities for development and growth. So take the time and the effort to invest in them because it will pay off. It's going to pay off in the long run. There's a saying out there that it's who you know, right? It, it's who you, it, it cannot be more true, right? That's what networking is all about. That is so true. So true. Okay. In life, there, there are trends. We have seen so many trends. Uh, we've talked about social media. Twitter has changed to X. Uh, right now we're in this, I feel like it's probably more than a trend, but with AI, artificial intelligence. So how can we ensure that our personal brand remains timeless and relevant and as we build relationships too, and with all the change that's yeah, that's a great question. It's challenging. Things are moving very quickly. And whether it's AI or ESG or whatever it may be, and you, know, you get the whole social media that's going on, it just rapidly moves quickly. And social media didn't exist back in the day when I was coming up, so to speak. So building your personal brand was really in person, right? And that's how you built it, right? And, and I mentioned going to different functions and in the community and attending things like that. But creating a, pers a personal brand, it's a daunting task today. It, just keeping your personal brand relevant becomes even more important, I think, in today's world. And you would, I think that I would start by, you have to stay relevant. You would never set up your LinkedIn profile and never go back and update it, right? So you need to make sure that you're staying current, right, on, on your brand and it's not uh, disappearing or isn't your focus. Just a, f a few thoughts to your question for creating and ensuring that your personal brand remains relevant. I would just staying focused, right? Staying focused. Don't try to be everything to everyone. That's not who you are and you will, you will literally be exhausted trying to, to keep up with it, right? Remember, I, I talked about it's important knowing yourself. I would say that. I think I mentioned this a couple of times, so it'll be a little bit, just be genuine and authentic. It's going to make it much easier for you to brand to manage your personal brand daily. Consistency, I didn't mention that. Make sure it's consistent, both online and offline, right? You want to make sure that, that you don't underestimate how tiny inconsistencies can maybe derail your personal brand effectiveness. And uh, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with marketing yourself after maybe some info and so people that maybe you look up to whomever that may be you certainly use them for a benchmark or a best practice right those that and and, they, and i'm not saying they have to be damon john or michael jordan it could be anybody you may work with right i think you need to live your brand every day as things are changing so quickly with technology and how fast a pace life has become is one of the ways that you can build, one of the ways that you can make building your brand difficult for yourself is to separate your brand from your personal life. While you can certainly do it, I think it's difficult. It's so much easier when creating a personal brand that it actually, that it's, it represents your actual lifestyle and a brand so that your actual lifestyle and your brand 
are one and the same. Does that make sense? If not, you're not really, you really aren't representing your brand correctly. I think a personal brand needs to follow you everywhere you go, who you are, what you believe, when you're at work, when you're out of work, what you post on social media. If you can't pull any of that back, do you like what you're posting out there because it's going to be out there forever? I also think that as you build your network and your relationships, let other people help you build and brand your story. The best personal branding is by word of mouth. And I think that creating a brand is no exception to that. Personal branding, a lot of times, is a story that people tell about you when you're not around or in, in the room. And that's really a good reflection of what your brand is, as if people are representing your brand when you're not around and you're not there to, to speak to it. And then lastly, and I think to me, this is probably the most important is, and that is leaving a legacy. I, I think that once you've built your personal brand with a reputation behind it, the next step is to think about the legacy that you're going to leave behind, which honestly, I think is what we all aspire to do, but how are you going to, how are you going to be remembered? And I think that's really important when you think through your, it's not always about the here and the now. Personal brand is about the future as well. And I, I think that's important. And as I mentioned, a personal brand is a lifelong project, right? It never ends. It's going to shift. It's going to change, right? It's all, it constantly evolves. It constantly changes based on where you're at in your life or your career. But I think the guidelines I just talked about as far as living your brand and, and being authentic and genuine and staying focused will help provide those first steps, so to speak, especially if you're just starting or starting to, to focus on your brand or on yourself. Excellent advice. Excellent. Because it is challenging with so many changes and we evolve as humans too. So just thank you for that. That's very helpful. As, have there been moments in your career where your brand or your board of directors have had a significant difference in overcoming challenges? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that Professionally, it's opened doors for me from a career standpoint. Um, my personal brand gave me the opportunity earlier in my career to join the Yonkers Department Store, which is a division of Saks Incorporated, and many years ago in a divisional vice president role when Mercantile Stores, which is the first company I went to work for when I graduated from Iowa State. I spent my first 14 years there, but we were bought out by Dillard's in 1998, and those are you're never ready for something like that, right? But but I think it it allowed me to to have that opportunity at Yonkers, and then subsequently when Yonkers made the decision to to consolidate with the Carson Perry Scott division in in Milwaukee, my personal brand allowed me to join Macy's at that point in time in New York City as a vice president. I've relied on my personal board of directors whenever I've made a career transition with a new company. They were very important in guiding me through the difficult decisions. One must make not only professionally, but more importantly, personally for your family, right? Which as you build that personal, as you build your personal brand, it's super important to make sure that your significant others or those that are important to you are a part of that brand, right? Because it, 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 you don't think about that, but that is, that's an important part of your brand, right? And, and I think the, the, and, and I think the biggest impact my personal brand has been for me today, Yolanda, in this chapter of my career, is it's given me the opportunity to guest lecture at the university level. It's opened additional doors for me to be an influential member of advisory boards and certainly gave me the opportunity to be much more involved with the Fashion Scholarship Fund at Iowa State University as an educate, educator partner. So I credit a lot of that wrong or different to my personal brand. So I guess those would be a few examples of where it's benefit me maybe during challenging times in my life. I want to dig into something that you've mentioned a couple times, and that is, and I feel it's a, a triumph that you have shared in that your brand and your career has integrated with your personal life and your family. And oftentimes we do not hear men talk about that. And I just want to ask you your thoughts about that, because it's really refreshing to hear a male from the C-suite mention the importance that his brand 
and his board of directors, his career, also met the needs of his family. Yeah, I will. That's a good question. I don't know if I've ever been asked that question before when, when I've done these presentations. Obviously, my wife and my family, because you, you've certainly seen them quite often and spent a lot of good quality time with them. And I always said, and then I'm going to share a story with you here in a second, specifically around my board of directors and mentors early in my career. But for me, and this for Mark Leslie anyway, my greatest partner my chairman of the board of directors is my wife, Tracy, <clears throat> because she's been there along the way. And we've lived in, goodness, I started in Kansas City. We uh, then moved to Cincinnati. I went into a corporate role there, Des Moines, Iowa with the Hawkers, New York City. That was a big move, right? Moving from Waukee, Iowa to New York City for a great company. And then back to Milwaukee. And now, of course, we're down here in Fort Worth. But when I think back that my wife, Tracy has been such an influential piece of that. And she was a partner along the entire way. We never made a decision that we weren't, sounds good, holding hands, so to speak on, right. And making a decision together. And so for me anyway, and again, speaking for Mark Leslie, that was such, such an important part of it. And she's been such a great partner, supported my career and, and our moves. And, and then our children as well, our, our two kids, they would have to get up periodically, not at opportune times, but I, I'll think, I, I'll share with you. An example is kind of came top of mind. I, I think back to 1994, the year my son was born, David. And, and at the time I was with one of the mercantile store divisions in Kansas City. Actually, it was a company I, where I started out of Iowa State, the Jones Store Company. Tracy was pregnant with David. We were expecting as our first child, we were young. And I had the opportunity to take a promotion to our corporate office in Cincinnati, Ohio. This would have been in February of 1994. David was born in April of 94, just so you can put a timeline together. But young with a child on the way, it was not an easy decision. But with the support of Tracy and my family and my mentors at the time, my board of directors at the time, we, and I say we, Tracy and I, made a decision to accept the corporate role. And I will say that when I look back at my 35 years in the business, that it was one of the best decisions we made as it gave me a much bigger leadership role, with more responsibility, more visibility and really became the launching pad for my career at a young age. And, and had I not made that decision, as difficult as it may have been at the time, I'm not sure that I would have been afforded the corporate leadership roles that have come my way with Yawkers, Macy's, and Kohl's. My personal, board of, my, my personal brand at the time, which was probably very early in its development, I'm not even sure if I knew what my personal brand was back then, but my board of directors, which I certainly had, to rely on and my mentors. And then lastly, certainly my wife, Tracy, heavily influenced those opportunities and decisions. And I share that only because in your career, if you're someone who's just getting started or you're one of the listeners who is just getting started or midway through the career, many listeners I sure have gone through a lot of the same decision-making process, but you will look back someday at those examples and as difficult as sometimes make that decision between the pros and the cons, you will look back and say, that was really a great step towards what I'm doing today. But it's a really long-winded way of a lot of saying, summarize that. Oh, thank you. Thank you for sharing that story and your perspective there. I, mean, I think what you've shared is a role model for many individuals within industry or within their career, thinking about making those decisions and including their family um, within those decisions and yeah. making sure their family is part of their board of directors too. That's right. So important. I always, I always tell Tracy, she's a chairwoman of the board. I love it. I love it. <laughs> you have a wonderful chairwoman. <laughs> I will tell her that. Thank you. <laughs> this shifting topic just a little bit, thinking about your career, especially in the fashion industry, as it evolved, how did you um, consider your personal branding and networking uh, within the fashion industry? Yeah, I think we talked a little bit about this earlier, Yolanda, that personal branding has certainly shifted from the traditional personal branding and 
has shifted from the traditional ways of networking to social, to social media. So both to personal branding as well as networking, right? We kind of over many, several years, right? We, obviously social media has become such a priority and we, our networking is different than it's ever been. We've shifted over the last couple of years. But I think most people nowadays, they're going to build a personal brand on social media platforms like Instagram or Facebook, LinkedIn, and X, formerly known as, as Twitter. Or as I mentioned, doing podcasts like we're doing this evening. And you really have to choose the platform that works best for your brand. I'm not on all those I listed. I, really, I utilize LinkedIn, X, and my personal interactions through guest lecturing and involvement in my advisory boards. Those are really the four ways I build my brand today. But I think social media platforms have certainly made it easier to build your personal brand because there's so many options. And I mentioned this at the very beginning. Blog, you could be an influencer. There's all kinds of different ways to communicate your message and what you're all about. Because I think that's really become a primary marketing tool. Again, I just go back to your personal brand is, is the way that you choose to present yourself to the world. And this includes your style, your personality, your interests, your skills, and anything you're willing to attach your name to from your social media profiles, publications to your resume, right? So in, in a world that we live in today where everyone can have a say about you, whether you like it or not, good, bad, or indifferent, it's more important than ever to stand out and having a well-defined personal brand can one position you as an authoritative influence within the fashion world, right? Speaking specifically in the fashion industry that came up, it allows you to showcase your personality. It allows you to connect with like-minded individuals. It can provide a solid foundation for launching a business if that's what you choose, right? If you want to be an entrepreneur, you've got a great innovative idea or what have you, certainly a well-defined personal brand is going to allow you that. And then honestly, it's going to allow you to land that job that you might've always wanted, right? That you're hoping to get. I, I just go back to developing your own personal brand is an easy way to differentiate yourself from those around you, especially in the fashion industry, which is a competitive, certainly a competitive, certainly a competitive industry. And, and I guess I would just suggest for the listeners, when you think through networking in the fashion industry, look around, attend events that you can volunteer experiences, you know, if your, if your university has a, you know, volunteer for that, get involved in that, right? That just helps network. You're going to meet a lot of people by doing that. Attend events that are open to the public. And when you go out, try to talk to a couple people, right? Talk to two or three people, introduce yourself. Um, you never know what can come out of a, a simple conversation as we experienced many years ago in New York City. And remember that more than likely those connections you make are also trying to build their personal brand as well. So you're doing them a favor as well by doing that. If you happen to see someone you admire and you wanted to get to know for some time, there's no better way than just approach them and introduce yourself and say, you want to, been looking forward to meeting with you, just want to introduce myself. Because then you start exchanging emails and things like that. And that's really how you start to, to grow your, your network, so to speak. And then once you create those connections, don't lose them, right? That's always, always kind of the most difficult thing is, Sometimes easy to forget about people years ago or what have you, but it's not short term and you don't want to forget the people that, you know, that you associated with or networked in the past. Just cultivating those relationships is, is super important. Excellent. Oh, and the fashion industry always has trends and we've talked about trends some already, but what emerging trends should upcoming professionals be aware of as they embark on their careers in the fashion retail industry? I think there's a couple specific to the fashion industry that I think you're in the industry or your own professional who's starting out in the industry or what have you. I'm going to focus on two of them tonight that I think are being discussed in boardrooms across America in the fashion industry and outside as well. So it's just not, but I think these are two really important ones in the fashion industry and ones that I think that, that as young people start to embark on their careers, ones that they have to get comfortable with. And the first one's just environmental social governments. So ESG. And I don't want to say it's necessarily new for many brands and retailers, but it is. It's fast becoming an important framework in the 
in the fashion industry. And, and there's probably been no greater moment or need at this point in time for the fashion industry to, to figure out ways to drive sustainability as before. So it's, it's important, I think, as young professionals enter the workforce, that's top of mind. And it's a priority because if you're in product development or you're a designer or you're in sourcing, all of those are going to become super. They, they, they've been important. Don't misunderstand. They, they've been important, but a focus, but I think it's becoming even a bigger priority for the fashion industry is for this whole conversation with the ESG. And then second, within the next couple of years, if not sooner, there's no d- doubt that generative AI is fundamentally changing the shopping experience, right? It's been coming. We've seen more. It, it's a lot of fashion brands are ex- experimenting with AI and testing its integration within merchandising process. Retail exists in an environment where digital technology is moving very quickly and changing very rapidly. And I think the, the, the use of artificial intelligence is going to continue to play a pivotal role in fashion as, as forward. So I just think that those are two things that I'm just thinking from a trend standpoint that SG has been important. Sustainability has been important. It's just going to continue to grow and important. And students need to get comfortable with that. And then the whole AI thing, it's, it can be a little intimidating, right? For many reasons. It's probably a whole different podcast. We could talk about AI, but I think that it's coming. It needs to be embraced. And I think I heard somebody a couple of weeks ago talk, comparing it to when the calculator, when the TI first came out for all these calculus functions, everybody was, oh my goodness. And it just became a way of life. So I, I do think those are two big trends that young professionals are going to need to make sure that they make a priority and are, are comfortable. Yeah, those are excellent trends. And uh, we're not rolling back on either one of those. No. Uh, they're, they are both here to stay and going to be really important. So as we start to wrap up a little bit, what are some key takeaways you would like for our audience to remember about personal branding and creating their board of directors. So to recap, some of my final thoughts would be, I read a post on LinkedIn from Paul Shirley that said, good things come to those who wait, but better things come to those that get started. And my message to the listeners are is get started building personal brand now, right? If it, and, and I'm sure many listeners are fully on their way to doing it. But if you haven't made it a priority and you haven't looked at it through the lens of, hey, I am a brand. I might not be Calvin Klein, but I'm Mark Leslie and I am a brand and I stand for something. I think it's important in this competitive market, regardless of where you're at in your career journey, so to speak. And again, I'm going to repeat that, Tom. Peter's quote, we are CEOs of our own company, me incorporated. To be in business today, our most important job is to be head marketer for the brand called you. And so my homework for everyone this evening is ask yourself, how are you going to, how are you going to step up and stand out by building a solid personal brand? And how how are you going to get there? What's your roadmap? How are you going to answer questions like, what are your goals? What are your values? What are you passionate about? What motivates you? What makes you remarkable? What make this, makes you stand out and differentiates yourself from everyone else? And then who's going to be on your personal board of directors that you can go to, to get some feedback on your personal brand and share those questions I just asked with your board of directors and get their perspective. And, and I would say, make it a goal and answer these questions and determine your board of directors. Um, for 2024, by the end of the year, you'll make that like your New Year's resolution. If you believe in that, you have a couple of months to get that done. Make, think about that as, as you move forward. And I think that brands, they're not stagnant, right? They need to be constantly tweaked, reevaluating, improves. Don't allow or establish your own personal brand and then allow it to just sit there, right? It needs to be something that you're working on and continue, just continually evaluate your personal brand, make any necessary adjustments and improvements as you move forward. It's a fluid process. I think whether you're starting, whether you're job hunting, whether you're graduating from college, 
here soon, starting your business, just try to know that your personal brand, your personal identity is uh, a product of everything that you've done and it's really important. So continue to market yourselves, look at your personal brand as an investment, put yourself better than anyone else. I've said it several times, know who you are, what you stand for, and take this knowledge and your experience and your expertise and and market and build your own world-class brand, right? No different than the brands that I mentioned earlier do, do on a, a daily, daily basis. But I will tell you this, that what we talked about this evening, Yolanda, it requires a commitment of time and energy. Building a personal brand, putting together your personal board of directors, being a mentor, being a mentee, right? That it does take time and energy. But those are all keys to building a great personal brand and being successful in whatever endeavor or wherever your career may take you. So have fun with it. It shouldn't be work. Make it work for you. And it's all up to you. So I, I, I hope that maybe there are a few things that some of your listeners took away as far as growing the personal brand and can take that going forward. Oh, thank you, Mark. Those are excellent ways to to wrap up what to your key points that you've made this evening. And if someone wanted to reach out to you for guidance or mentorship, what would be the best way to do that? Yeah. So, Yolanda, I would probably tell your listeners, like I mentioned, I've already limited my social media presence, but your listeners should feel free to drop me a note and connect with me on LinkedIn at Mark D. Wesley and in parentheses, MBA. That's how you find me, Mark D. Wesley. You'll find my email there as well. So I'm happy to, to respond, spend whatever time needs to be. As if, if any listeners have questions about their personal brand or want to go in a little bit deeper to what we spoke about this evening, but my email is there. It's under my contact info on LinkedIn. I am on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Dawson, D-A-W-S-O-N underscore Leslie, where I periodically will tweet my leadership thoughts and things like that. But those are the, the, the two ways they can certainly reach out to. Excellent. Thank you. That's very generous of you to make yourself available to um, provide guidance and mentorship to our audience. It's all part of my I, personal brand. I have always learned so much from you from our interview. I appreciate it. Our last question that we ask every guest is, how do you define innovation? How do I define innovation? It's a big word. To me, innovation is simply about creating, developing, implementing, and marketing an innovative idea that creates value for your target market or whomever that may be. I think being and managing innovation effectively has really become an essential requirement for staying competitive in today's very highly competitive world we live in. It certainly promotes the need for constant change in the world we live in, and regardless of what sector you're in or what industry you're in. The world as we know it is, is constantly changing and it's an evolving marketplace where globalization and technology has really forced a new paradigm where only the, you have to be progressive, you have to have innovative minds. Because those companies and brands that are most innovative will survive on the condition that they're constantly developing, changing, and adapting their ideas. That's what we do on a daily basis within our scope of business. Thinking over 35 years that I was in the retail industry, whether you're in retail, whether you're a fashion designer, or you're a marketing manager or an engineer, right? Your job objective is to identify innovative ways to, one, retain your customer base while developing new ideas to attract new customers. And those are the, the brands that are winning. That applies not only to business, it, it applies to educators as well. Everyone has to think innovative, right? Especially on, on everything that's taking taking place and moving so quickly in our world. You want to bring innovative ideas to life that capitalize on opportunities, serve an unmet need or a want that exists out there that's going to give you that competitive advantage. Again, it can be applied to business. It can be applied personally. It can be applied in the classroom. So that's question. Thank you for that definition. So, Mark, thank you for joining us today. As always, this has been an insightful conversation. 
about professional branding and developing your, or no more, appointing your board of directors. You have provided information that is helpful to a wide range of our audience members and reminding us to be authentic in who we are, know who we are, and use that as a foundation for building our professional brand. Thank you. I've enjoyed this evening, Yolanda, and, and speaking with you about that. So thank you for inviting me this evening on your podcast. Thank you. For our listeners, I hope this conversation has sparked new ideas and perspectives, and perhaps even ignited a flame of curiosity to explore and innovate within your own spheres of influence. Remember, innovation is not just about technology and groundbreaking discoveries. It is about how we think, connect, and bring our own unique talents and insights to create positive change. I am Dr. Yolanda Sanders, and I'm signing off until our next episode. Keep innovating, keep dreaming, and keep making a difference.